0: This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman. As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand that I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences, which is now proud to introduce the Plus CBD Reserve Collection, a specially curated blend of full-spectrum cannabinoids. Rich and bold, the Reserve Collection products elicit strong feelings of calm, comfort and relief when intense support is needed enjoy a deeper cbd experience with plus cbd's reserve collection of oils and gummies all of their products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients and with a 90-day satisfaction guarantee you have nothing to lose to learn more and to order visit pluscbdoil.com slash hoffman and use coupon code hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman for PlusCBD's new reserve collection. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine, America's foremost program on health, medicine, and nutrition, featuring the latest on both conventional and alternative therapies. Now, here's Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Welcome to another hour of the weekend edition of Intelligent Medicine, Dr. Ronald Hoffman here with you, and our number is 877-726-8255. You can call in at any time with a question or a comment. Come directly into the doctor's office and say what, say your piece. 877-726-8255. And this month is National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. And, of course, there's special emphasis on prevention because the incidence of gastrointestinal cancers, which is traditionally thought of as an affliction of the aged, is soaring among younger people. And that was dramatically highlighted by the untimely death in 2020 of actor Chadwick Boseman at the age of 37. So something's happening here, and clearly it's the American and the Western diet uh, there's uh, little doubt of the impact of diet on the likelihood of colorectal cancer. It, it it's virtually unknown in the, in pre-industrial non-Western countries, and some of those populations consume lots of meat, but it's all unprocessed, and others little. So is it the meat? Because current recommendations are for avoidance of Colorectal cancer, it's recommended that you avoid red meat, or at the least minimize it. Uh, But what those folks in these non Western countries have in common is that they all consume, they all consume uh, lots of fresh fruits and vegetables and naturally fermented foods. In some instances, whole grains, but in some cultures, none. For example, the Inuit, the Eskimos, they don't consume whole grains and they consume lots of animal protein, virtually no fresh fruits and vegetables, but they had uh, almost it was almost unheard of for them to develop colon cancer. And uh what also happens in these non-western countries is that they don't consume ultra-processed chemicalized food or refined carbohydrates and especially sugar and also uh, they um, they consume lots and lots of spices in many of those countries so what's going on well let's take a take the meat question the meat question was recently highlighted by an article uh... where the headlines pronounced eating less than five servings of red meat weekly lowers cancer risk and what they concluded was being a low meat eater was associated with a lower risk of colorectal cancer in comparison to regular meat eaters. And I looked at that study, and what uh, is interesting about the study is the relatively small degree of protection conferred by meat avoidance. Overall, it was anywhere between just 4% to 14% reduction in colorectal cancer risk. Now the press went for the higher number. The Headlines said "14% less colon cancer risk if you stopped eating red meat." Uh, but there's some problems with these diet studies. For example, being a vegetarian might simply be a marker for a healthier lifestyle overall. You know, they might uh, exercise more. Or they might be skinnier. Although they attempted to correct for that in this study with a statistical method, uh, they tried to compare people of the same weight on different diets. Uh, it also might mean that you're more careful about other things in your lifestyle than might reduce risk. But And it might be that simply vegetarians eat more vegetables and fruits. Fresh vegetables and fruits likely have a protective effect. If you're eating a lot of meat, maybe you don't have room for those fresh fruits and vegetables. So that's one of the problems with these types of studies. Uh, Interestingly, in this study, the benefits of meat avoidance were seen in men, but not in women, for some unclear reason. And there was also some concern that eating meat was simply a reflection of overweight. Because if you're eating everything in sight, (laughs) you're likely eating more, and you're likely to be heavier in general. But again, they, they tried to correct for the effects of body mass index, or BMI, with a statistical adjustment. So... What You know, I did a dive on some of of the previous studies on the value of red meat avoidance. And uh, one study concluded, and it's based on a a review of a lot of studies between 1966 and 2006. So they did a medline search, and they looked at a lot of studies, and they threw some of them out because they weren't good. But they kept some, and they tried to uh, come to conclusions based on the weight of evidence. And they concluded that whether red meat is a culprit in causing colorectal cancer remains unanswered. Although any effect it might have is likely moderate and related to processing or cooking. And that's a problem too with these studies because in the study that said that five servings of red meat weekly or less uh, lowers cancer risk. They didn't distinguish between processed and unprocessed meat. And processed meat has a lot of things uh, added to it. A lot of preservatives and in particular uh, nitrates which uh, can be converted in the body to dangerous nitrosamines. We know that those are carcinogenic. So there are studies though, not too many of them, uh, which look at the differentiation uh, between uh, processed and unprocessed meat. Uh, So this one says, in a large cohort of US health professionals, processed meat intake was positively associated with the risk of colon cancer with little evidence that higher intake of unprocessed red meat substantially increased the risk of colon cancer. So the difference might be, you know, when people consume, you know, uh, hot dogs and bologna and luncheon meats and bacon and uh, processed ham, uh, that those are more likely to be problematic When it comes to colon cancer but not even that much just a little bit of increased risk and when it comes to uh, survival of colon cancer the results are even more confusing there's a study that just came out this february uh, which suggests that it may not be that important for colon cancer survivors uh, to avoid red meat to improve their likelihood of, of, uh, making it. Does it make a difference? Well, this study from February 22 suggests that it may not. In fact, unprocessed meat consumption resulted in a slightly lower recurrence rate in stage three colorectal cancer patients. Well, that doesn't mean, you know, encourage you to eat a lot of unprocessed meat because it's not good for you, uh, to consume lots of that. But in this study, uh, it didn't. It didn't reach statistical significance, so they couldn't draw any conclusions. But it it certainly didn't make things worse. Uh, and uh, even processed meat consumption did not raise the risk of recurrence. So, uh, so so the, the the literature is very confusing on the contribution of meat to colon cancer risk. I remember as early as the 1970s when I got a job which earned me some brownie points toward medical school admission. I was working at St. Luke's Hospital in New York City and I participated in a study in which I was asked to submit stool samples. And at the time I was a vegetarian. So they said, great, you know, because we don't have that many vegetarians in the study. Uh, We want to study your stool to see if there's something in it that's protective against colon cancer. I don't know what they were looking for. Uh, I don't even know if the study was ever uh, published or if so it led to any firm conclusions. But the interest was there already in the 1970s, the belief that meat was the culprit in colon cancer. But I can think of so many other things in the diet that are harmful uh, that uh, you know, come from the fact that our diet is ultra-processed, laden with sugar. Uh, there are many studies that suggest that... Uh, uh, Excess uh, soda consumption can be associated with a high risk of, of colon cancer. And studies that suggest that even carbohydrate consumption, the more carbohydrates you consume, whatever kind, you know, even complex carbohydrates, if you eat a very low fat diet, that was not protective against colon cancer. And in fact, the more carbohydrates you consume, the more likelihood of colon cancer, whether from refined carbohydrates, sugar and soda, candy, or whether from even starchy foods that are so ubiquitous in the American diet. So there you have it. There's some confusion about the optimal diet for colon cancer, but make sure that you eat natural organic foods, use spices and use naturally fermented foods, reduce sugars and high glycemic index carbohydrates, when it comes to meat, maybe avoid unprocessed, I'm sorry, avoid processed meat. Unprocessed meat appears to be okay in moderation. And uh, follow whatever diet helps you optimize weight because obesity is a major risk factor. So if it's the low-carb diet or the low-fat diet, whatever gets you to optimal weight can reduce your risk. 877 You'll see those uh, recommendations in an upcoming newsletter article in greater detail with Plenty of references for you to follow up on. 877-726-8255, our number for Intelligent Medicine. We'll be right back. Just because a label states that an ingredient is present in a supplement you're taking doesn't mean you're obtaining its full benefit. The key is bioavailability. How much is absorbed and gets to where it's needed. That's why I recommend and use Future Farm Botanicals. Future Farm sources the most potent, highest quality ingredients and then uses liposomal technology to assure optimal uptake. All Future Farm formulas are custom organic blends crafted from the finest raw ingredients by certified chemists and herbalists. Future Farm offers some of the most innovative products I've seen in quite a while, addressing a variety of issues, from inflammation to immune support. I use their supplements, prescribe them in my practice, and I'm proud to recommend them to you, listeners of Intelligent Medicine more information and order call 888-841-7216 888-841-7216 or go to myfuturefarm.com slash hoffman that's my future p-h-a-r-m myfuturefarm.com slash hoffman all future farm products are all natural science-based and work without adverse side effects myfuturefarm.com slash hoffman as you know, it's important to me that the supplements I recommend and use are of the highest quality, and that's why I stock the Protocol for Life Balance product line at my online dispensary. Protocol for Life Balance offers a wide range of professional grade products using ingredients backed by strong scientific research. Among them, several stand out for relief of occasional minor aches and pains of overexertion. Ache Action, Joint UC, and D-Flame. Ache Action contains a formula exclusive to Protocol for Life Balance that studies show significantly reduces joint disability comfort in as little as five days. Protocol's Joint UC is an undenatured type 2 collagen that has been clinically validated for its ability to help maintain healthy joints. And Deflame flame has nine plant-based ingredients rooted in traditional herbalism. Each of these products takes its own unique approach to joint stress, flexibility, and mobility. They're available now at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. That's drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance for more information and to order. Back to Intelligent Medicine, Dr. Ronald Hoffman here, 877-726-8255, our number. That number available to you 24-7, so you can record a question, and let's hear that.
1: Hi, I listen to you every Saturday. My Excellent, question thank you. Today, I have very brittle nails, mm-hmm. and uh, I was wondering what this indicates, and what can I do to improve the uh, quality of my nails?
0: Thank okay, you. Well, How's your health uh, overall? Uh, This is a recorded question, so I don't have a chance to uh, have a repartee with the the caller. I forgot. Okay, so uh, general question, uh, that's what I would do in the office. I would say, well, let's look at, your health history. Do you suffer from an inflammatory condition? Do you suffer from psoriasis, for example, because a form of brittle nails is related to uh, psoriasis. You have psoriatic nails that kind of are yellowing and crumble. Uh, sometimes uh, brittle nails can be related to uh, past history of something like uh, chemotherapy. It can actually uh, damage uh, the growth of hair and nails. And so, you know, go through all the possibilities. Do you have some sort of... Uh, inflammatory condition in your body Uh, do you have some sort of uh, malabsorption perhaps even something like celiac disease which could cause uh, your body to poorly absorb nutrients which are essential for growth and repair Uh, and and then we can hone in on specific nutrients Uh, one that's real popular is biotin Uh, and in fact um, the, the discovery was made that biotin had something to do with hair and nails by a guy named Hoffman. Uh, no relation, but just a little uh, historical factoid. Uh, biotin actually can help with uh, growth of hair and nails. Um, there's also the possibility, especially in women, that when you're iron deficient, it affects your nails. Uh, zinc is something that has to do with uh, nail health. And... Uh, Something that was pointed out to me by my uh, hairdresser the other day when I got a haircut uh, is, you know, I said to her, you know, this is the usual time between my haircuts. but My hair's been growing like crazy and I've been cutting my nails a lot. What's going on? I mean, I am taking a a boatload of vitamins and supplements, but it's unusually fast. And she said, well, in general, uh, when you're very physically active, which I have been lately, I've been, you know, hitting the gym pretty hard and training hard. Um, swimming a lot and so on, uh, that this actually prompts a faster cycle of growth and repair, maybe through generation of something like growth hormone. Maybe that's what's happening in the body of an athlete, uh, who has to get a lot of haircuts and a lot has to cut their nails a lot. So there are a lot of factors involved and overall health is an issue. And, you know, gastrointestinal health is a barrier to absorption of critical nutrients. So, um, Lots going on, and we have to pin it down precisely. But, you know, take some biotin, take some collagen. Collagen's a building block as well for nail growth. Uh, I remember that uh, my mom used to take Knox gelatin because she wanted to have beautiful hair and nails because, yeah, collagen's the building block for those things. All right, uh, this item, and when it comes to colon cancer, why so many people are getting Colon cancer is it our poor diet, something in our environment, environmental toxins? Headline here: Oral antibiotic use and the oral and the early onset of colorectal cancer. Findings from a study. Uh, what they found was that, uh, in particular, people who developed colon cancer before the age of fifty had a much higher likelihood of antibiotic consumption, lots of antibiotics. And what antibiotics do? is they disrupt the intestinal balance. Uh, They note that since the late 1980s, global antibiotic consumption and cases of early-onset colorectal cancer have increased markedly. Is that a coincidence? The pattern may be related. So, there you have it. 877-726-8255, our number. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, listening to Intelligent Medicine.
2: The pursuit of a healthy immune system is so important for our long-term health. And being healthy for the long-term is everyone's goal, right? So which immune health supplement is recommended for those who also have cardiovascular concerns? Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract Aged garlic extract, regarded as one of the leading natural heart health supplements, has been clinically proven to help reduce high blood pressure and inflammation. Experts believe this alleviates demands on the body's energy stores, freeing it up to fight invaders.
0: Welcome back to Intelligent Medicine. Dr. Ronald Hoffman here. Our number is 877-726-8255. I hasten to remind you, and uh, you can record a question there, as did this listener. Let's hear it.
1: Dr. Hoffman, I'm 86 years old, and my memory is getting bad. Is there anything I can take that could prevent that? Thanks, doctor.
0: Okay. Uh, Memory loss is a subject that we could go on and on for you know, at least an entire broadcast, maybe several broadcasts. There's a lot of aspects to it. And so uh, we, you know, have to differentiate between uh, memory loss that's due to circulatory problems to the brain, which may be uh, related to atherosclerosis, uh, or is there some kind of disease state that's depleting the brain? Uh, there's a lot of people these days who are suffering from memory problems uh, as a result of long-haul COVID or post-COVID syndrome. Uh, and, uh, so it's, it's a complicated subject. It sometimes can be related to specific vitamin deficiencies, vitamin B12 deficiencies, pretty common in older individuals. That needs to be checked. Um, uh, when it comes to memory aids, there's an assortment of them. Uh, you've got, uh, phosphatidylcholine and phosphatidylserine that seem to work on the uh, membranes of the, uh, neurons that transmit uh, electrical impulses within the brain. Uh, There's uh, ginkgo biloba, which is uh, a type of uh, circulatory enhancer that seems to work well in people who have uh, age-related memory decline. Uh, There's vinpocetine, which enhances levels of neurotransmitters. Uh, We also want to look at the energy of the brain because as you get older, uh, your mitochondria function less well and so we'd want to use things like CoQ10 or ubiquinol uh, NT factor which we mentioned earlier in the program uh, NAD which I'll talk a little bit about in relationship to Parkinson's disease some really fascinating studies on brain health with uh, nicotinamide riboside which is a supplement that I've been taking lately and I urge a lot of patients to take for prevention Um, there's some interesting information uh, out there about uh, the use of Viagra-like drugs. One in particular, Levitra, which has been shown to be helpful for patients with uh, dementia and Alzheimer's disease because it increases circulation to the brain. I mean, it increases circulation to another part of the body. Uh, It doesn't discriminate. It also increases circulation to the brain. So uh, natural products that enhance nitric oxide, Uh, Berkeley Life makes a nice one. Uh, Nitric oxide uh, support can be useful uh, even in some you know, more serious cases, we can use uh, Levitra, which is the slow release form of uh, phosphodiesterase inhibitor like Viagra. Viagra works fast. Levitra is, you know, kind of time release. That can be helpful. Uh, We want to make sure that you get adequate levels of the essential fatty acids, particularly DHA is important for the brain. And then there's acetyl L-carnitine, and you know, on and on we can go there's probably others that I have omitted pycnogenol a circulatory enhancer can be good for brain health and curcumin good old curcumin which we tend to think of for the joints uh there's some good studies that suggest that it may retard neurodegeneration so we want to create kind of a custom cocktail depending on the source of a person's brain decline I mean you know when you're 86 it's probably the more generic type of memory loss that occurs as uh the uh, white matter gets replaced by uh, uh, gunk in the brain. You know, It's not the technical term, but that's what ends up happening as you age. And so these are some of the approaches we might uh, take. There's also the issue of uh, toxicity. Some people have brain problems because of uh, excess uh, mercury or excess lead. Uh, one approach is to use uh, chelation therapy to reduce the body burden of some of these harmful things. So it's, it's complicated. Uh, we even sometimes invoke the microbiome, the microbiome, uh, may play a role in brain health. Some studies linking Parkinson's disease to the condition of the microbiome, the health of the gut. So diet plays a role there. Also the use of, uh, prebiotics and probiotics, uh, can make a difference. We want to use, uh, potent antioxidants in particular, uh, glutathione. Glutathione can be helpful for the brain. We administer in the form of, uh, Nicotinum, uh, sorry, uh, N-acetylcysteine. N-acetylcysteine or NAC is a precursor to glutathione. We can also get uh, the body to uh, release glutathione in the intestinal tract with a product called RegActive. One of our sponsors makes it uh, essential formulas. RegActive uh, is a probiotic that synthesizes glutathione in the gut, and that gets uh, sent to all the body parts, including the brain. So <laughs> sounds complicated, and I'm sorry it's so nuanced, but, you know, dealing with memory problems is a big issue these days as baby boomers age and expect, um, more longevity and, uh, continued performance. And, uh, we'll be talking a little bit later about, uh, the benefits of nicotinamide riboside for the brain. But before we do that, I want to, Share with you that I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system, which is also active in the brain. I found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep. It's a, considered a major breakthrough in herbal products, uh, and it's available to you over the counter. Uh, the CBD brand that I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences. Which is now proud to introduce the Plus CBD Reserve Collection, which is really innovative. It's a specially curated blend of full-spectrum cannabinoids. It's rich and bold. Uh, the Reserve Collection products elicit strong feelings of calm, comfort, and relief when intense support is needed. I use them, and uh, they really help deepen my sleep and reduce um, daily stress. Enjoy a deeper CBD experience with Plus CBD's reserve collection of oils and gummies. All of their products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. Uh, this is the brand you need to choose when you're considering CBD. And now there's a 90-day satisfaction guarantee. You have nothing to lose. So to learn more and to order, visit PlusCBDOil.com slash Hoffman and use coupon code HOFFMAN30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com/hoffman for Plus CBD's new Reserve collection. It's a great, great set of products. Very, they really stand out among the hemp-derived product offerings. Okay, um, promised to talk to you about uh, NAD because we had that question about uh, memory in the brain. Uh, just this week, a brand new study. It's called the NAD Park Study a randomized phase one trial of nicotinamide riboside supplementation in Parkinson's disease. So what they found is that, uh, indeed, taking oral nicotinamide riboside increases brain NAD levels in individuals with Parkinson's Parkinson's disease. And why that's important is because NAD is the energy compound par excellence in the body and in particular in the brain. And the brain is the the most energy-hungry part of your body. You think it may be the heart. Well no, your brain's using much more of your body's energy. It's a high energy uh, organ. And so they gave these patients uh, NAD at doses that are easily attainable by you. Same dose that I take per day, a thousand milligrams of nicotinamide riboside. I use the true niogen product available to you on Fullscript. I recommend it to many of my patients and to our listeners. Um, double blind phase one clinical trial to establish whether nicotinamide uh, adenine dinucleotide NAD replenishment therapy via oral intake of NR, which is nicotinamide riboside, is safe, and whether it impacts cerebral metabolism in Parkinson's disease. Now, they they stopped one step short of demonstrating that it's going to make a difference in terms of Parkinson's symptoms. That's next, because this is a phase one trial. So phase one goes to phase two, to phase three, and ultimately to phase four, which is the final stage where they can actually demonstrate efficacy in a particular condition. But it's exciting because it uh, is proof of principle that you can raise levels of NAD in the brains, even of... People impaired with Parkinson's disease, which, you know, one possibility is that, you know, it's too late to do that. It turns out that um, the nic- nicotinamide riboside also reduced the levels of inflammatory cytokines in the blood and in the cerebrospinal fluid, which is important too because these inflammatory cytokines uh, continue to chew up brain cells and damage the movement centers in Parkinson's patients. So their conclusion is that nicotinamide riboside is a potential neuroprotective therapy for Parkinson's disease and it warrants further investigation in larger trials. Again, it's not the conclusive proof that this is a cure or panacea for Parkinson's disease or other neurodegenerative conditions, but could it be an important adjunctive therapy? Should patients who are taking drugs, which is the usual treatment for Parkinson's disease, should they be taking other nutritional supplements like nicotinamide riboside to slow the progression of the disease, that's a question which future trials will answer. But promising news on the neurodegenerative disease front and what's applicable to Parkinson's disease is very likely applicable to other brain disorders including um, uh, dementia and Alzheimer's disease. So great stuff. 877-726-8255 our number To sign up for your free full script account, you'll also receive free shipping on all of your store orders. That's DRHoffmanStore.com. DearhoffmanStore.com.
3: You remodel your kitchen, you remodel your bathroom. Now remodel your gut. That's right, your gut. During a three-year fermentation process, Dr. O'Hira's probiotics create healthy, organic nutrients and the diversity of flora that are necessary for long-term digestive health. So remodel your gut today with the right workers. Get Dr. O'Hara's probiotics online as well as Vitamin Shop, Whole Foods, Sprouts, and natural health retailers nationwide today.
0: Welcome back to Intelligent Medicine. Dr. Ronald Hoffman here. Our number, 877-726-8255. And we got a caller, Barbara from New Jersey. How you doing?
1: Hi, I'm fine. Thank you, doctor. Listen, I need a little help lowering my cholesterol. I had taken red yeast rice, and I had taken Kyolic, uh Formula 104 for cholesterol. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. I realize now I only took half the recommended dosage. Yep. Somebody recommended cholesterol. Cholestol. Is that mm-hmm. good, or should I try something else?
0: Well, first off, I would ask, uh, what's the reason you need to lower your cholesterol? Which is something that I always do with uh, callers and also patients. Is, My, you know, we establish whether you really do need to lower cholesterol. Are you at risk for heart disease?
1: Uh, I don't think so. My cholesterol is two sixteen.
0: Well, that's pretty. That's pretty low as it is. What's your HDL cholesterol?
1: My HDL is. Fifty-seven.
0: Okay, so your ratio is not that great. Would you mind if uh, sharing your height and weight? I mean, it's anonymous here, so nobody knows you're calling.
1: I, I'm um, uh, five feet one eighty.
0: Five feet one eighty. Okay, know. so so your risk is more associated with your weight, and if you were to lose some of that weight, possibly through a low carb diet. Uh, you could actually improve your uh, cholesterol to HDL ratio. So I'm not sure that the target is really cholesterol. Have you uh, undergone an an EBT heart scan to see if you have calcium in your coronary arteries? Because that, to me, is the differentiator as to who needs to lower cholesterol. Some people are fine. They have no plaque, and so they don't need to worry about it.
1: No, um, my doctor hasn't given me that.
0: Well, your doctor should give you that. And if your doctor doesn't give, give you that, then just go for it. It's a relatively economical test. And even okay. If what is it
1: called again?
0: It's called the calcium scan. The uh, it's called a uh, EBT uh, calcium e- score e- test. Yeah, EBT. EBT. E, yeah, and get that test. And if you know, call us back. If I mean, because you can say it's zero, or you can say it's you know five hundred, and then we then we can find out if you really do need to lower cluster. I think we're not we're missing the boat here because we're focusing on uh, the wrong question you know it's like what is your risk for disease and your risk maybe that you're carrying extra weight in your frame and that's not just about heart disease that's a multitude of diseases but let's say you really do need to lower cholesterol and you know are you looking for a natural alternative to a statin well I believe that patients who really are at high risk uh, they really should take a statin and they're, I think they're far fewer than the people who are actually prescribed statins. I think it's they're vastly over-prescribed but some people need to take them if they're at high risk and that's the more reliable way to lower cholesterol. But if you're just adamantly opposed to taking a medication you can take red yeast rice And you may need to take, uh, you know, 2,400 milligrams of red yeast rice to get some cholesterol lowering. It's not as effective as medication. You can use the Cholestoff product, which contains plant sterols. That will help to lower cholesterol. Kyolic aged garlic extract uh, doesn't so much lower cholesterol. It lowers cardiovascular disease risk, which is important because, you know, cardiovascular disease is not just the sum total of your cholesterol. There are other factors involved, you know, such as the inflammation of your arteries, you know, your blood pressure, and, uh, the tendency of your platelets to clot. Uh, so, you know, uh, you need sort of a comprehensive program, but we don't really know where to start because we don't know really what your risk of, you know, just lowering cholesterol. This is one of the things that I really deplore in medicine is they just look at your numbers and they figure, oh, we're going to lower your numbers. But why? What's the purpose? Is there really a reason to lower your cholesterol? That's the fundamental question here and not so much how you would lower cholesterol. Okay so let's yeah, take that so approach
1: an ebt calcium heart scan
0: yeah exactly go for that test and uh you know you're calling from uh where where are you calling from way new jersey new jersey okay so you can get it at uh you know hackensack hospital has that program you know many of the big hospitals right. now do that you know check it out right and you can call us back okay. in a few weeks and we'll weigh in on that all right thanks for right, your call thanks interesting a subject thanks. thank you all right uh let's mention uh that uh, new study suggests that When it comes to exercise, exercise is good for sleep. It really helps you sleep. But nobody's telling you what type of exercise to do. So they did a study looking at whether resistance exercise with uh, weights and resistance uh, is superior to aerobic exercise. Because they mostly tell you, you know, start exercise. You're on your bike or your run. You're on a treadmill or elliptical. Is that as effective as going to the gym and doing uh, sets and reps on resistance machines or, you know, free weights? And so, interesting studies suggest that actually it's resistance exercise that may be superior to aerobic exercise for getting better Z's. Uh, the results were that, uh, in the beginning of the study, a third of the study participants had poor quality sleep. Um, and, uh, as what happened when they did, um, uh, resistance exercise, uh, they had, uh, an increase of, um, 40 minutes in sleep duration with the resistance exercise. Also, the aerobic exercise folks got some improvement, 23 minutes, but the resistance exercise was superior in terms of producing results on the impact of sleep. Uh, Sleep latency, the ability to fall asleep, was also improved, Uh, but uh, the message is that exercise helps sleep, but the kind of exercise you do uh, may increase the dividends of um, exercise on sleep quality. So get out there and exercise. All right. Uh, I just want to mention uh, a show note. Today we bid adieu to our faithful producer and board op and call screener, uh, Al Peterson, who over many years, Al has been a jack of all trades. He's a one-man band. He does it all here on Intelligent Medicine, uh, keeping us on the air and uh, keeping the show afloat. And, and in addition, uh, he's provided uh, lots of humor and encouragement behind the scenes. So uh, we're going to miss you, Al, and uh, we welcome your successors. I'm sure that will be great. Uh, we also wish uh, Al all the best in his future endeavors. He was the friendly voice that uh, greeted you when you called uh, 877-726-8255. Always helpful to our listeners. So thanks, Al, and all the best to you going forward in the future. And um, so... Uh, Let me just mention that uh, this is just the tip of the iceberg of the intelligent medicine phenomenon, this program, because we've got podcasts all through the week, and we've got uh, great guests. Uh, We do a weekly Q&A with Layla, who's our nutritionist in residence, and on that program, we also answer your questions. You can send those questions to radioprogram at AOL.com. Follow us on social media, on Facebook and Twitter. We're active. And... Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter, big article coming up on diet and colon cancer, an elaboration of what I was talking about in this program. And um, download our podcast, subscribe to them, because they're excellent. Thanks very much for joining us. Have a great weekend. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is Intelligent Medicine.